Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Monday, March 26, 2018. And today we are reading from the big book. We are finishing the chapter, More About Alcoholism. We are on page 43, and we will be reading the last two paragraphs and commenting on both. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, KB, the 12 Traditions, Carmela G. And our text readers are Russ M. and Craig F. And the share ID for yesterday, Sunday, March 25th, 2018, a special edition, is 11,211-11211. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask KB if she will read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. This is KB, honored to read the 12 steps. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Monica? I will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Good morning. Oh, good morning. It'd be nice if I unmuted. Oh, all right. Now, Carmela G is going to read the 12 traditions for us. Hi. Thank you so much. This is Carmela G from New York. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement of OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money Property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and now you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. 
And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter more about alcoholism. We are on page 43. We will be beginning with the second paragraph, Many Doctors and Psychiatrists, and we will be finishing the chapter ending with His Defense Must Come from a Higher Power. And I'm going to ask Russ M. if he will read for us, please. Good morning, Monica. Can I be heard? You can. Awesome. Russ M., Recover Compulsive Overeater, outside of Philly. Many doctors and psychiatrists agree with our conclusions. One of these men, staff member of a world-renowned hospital, recently made this statement to some of us. What you say about the general hopelessness of the average alcoholic's plight, in my opinion, is correct. As to two of you men whose stories I've heard, there's no doubt in my mind that you were 100% hopeless apart from divine help. Had you offered yourselves as patients at this hospital, I would not have taken you if I had been able to avoid it. People like you are too heartbreaking. Though not a religious person, I have profound respect for the spiritual approach in such cases as yours. For most cases, there is virtually no other solution. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no no effective mental defense against the first drink. Except in a few rare cases, neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. Whew. Okay. Once again, Russ M. Uh, when I read this, uh, I was hopeless. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure everybody felt that sentiment coming in these doors and getting on this line. But for the majority of my life, I use self-will, diets, pills, workouts, everything I could in, in my own power to defeat this. And up until about 10 years ago, I didn't realize that it was like a real thing. You know, I didn't understand that this was a disease that I was going to lose no matter what, no matter what I did. And, um, you know, I was so battered coming in, I had no other choice. I was either dying, losing everything, or I was going to be alive then, living a, a, a terrible life. So I had had no, I just surrendered it because I I didn't know what else to do. I could I didn't I had capacity for nothing else except give up. And it's funny when when I gave up, that's when my life started turning around through the, through this program. And. Um, like I battled it for so long and uh, you know it ravaged me and ripped me apart that all I could really do is cry out to God for you know for help and yes I, I could never understand how I would say look I'm done man I'll be alright I'll start Monday and before you know it I was I was off to the races 7.30 the next morning I, I couldn't help it. I just couldn't. I couldn't be away from the food. I couldn't stop. And, uh, you know, it's only through God that I, I have this this day and 
in my food sobriety and this abstinence because it wasn't me. Every time I did something, every time I had a thought or an idea, you know, I, I just I got destroyed by this disease. So thank you all for listening to me and just giving me a, a platform, just giving me a space, giving me a space with people that can help me, you know, because uh, you're you're part of it too. So th- thank you so much for all you do for me. I'll pass. Thank you, Russ M. We are on page 43, the last two paragraphs. And who else would like to share this morning? Harlan Chrissy G. Rita K. Kenton T. Kenton T. M. Okay, I heard a few and I lost a few. I got this is I only got three of you. I got Harlan, Rita K, and Roanne. Who else was trying in that first group to get in? Melissa Sandy. Sandy. Chrissy G. Okay, Chrissy, yes. All right, Chrissy. Sandy. Say that again. Tenzin P. Tenzin, all right. Yeah, I do remember hearing you. Carmela G. Sandy. Is it Sandy? Yes. There you go. That's what I've been trying to figure out. (laughs) Sandy what? S. Isn't Sandy. N? S isn't Sandy. Oh, okay. S. All right. Okay. Monday morning, (laughs) y'all. Okay, this is what I got. Harlan G, Rita K, Roanne, I don't remember the last, Melissa, Chrissy G, Tenson B, Sandy S. Okay, we got a good group here. Good morning, Harlan. Good morning, Monica, and good morning to Team Monday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Bellevue Hospital had a doctor on staff by the name of Percy Pollock. Percy Pollock had treated... Uh, some of these guys who came into the early groups. Not everybody came in through the town's hospital. Not everybody came in through Silkworth. And Percy Pollock ran up against Bill Wilson. And Bill Wilson and Percy had a discussion. And the discussion that they had is something that corroborated something that was in the common sense of drinking by Richard Peabody. And what did Dr. Pollock tell Bill Wilson? He said to him, what you say about the general hopelessness of the average alcoholic's plight is, in my opinion, correct. As to two of you men whose stories I have heard, there is no doubt in my mind that you were 100% hopeless apart from divine help. Now let's go to the bottom and it says, once more, see he's been telling us this in the doctor's opinion, he's been telling us this, he meaning uh, the, the book and, and Bill in the first hundred in Bill's story in There is a Solution and now in More About Alcoholism once more the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink except in a few rare cases neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense his defense must come from a higher power thinking won't get me out of this Money, poverty, being tall, being short, being black, being white, being green, being yellow, Jew, Gentile, means nothing. There's only one other solution for me other than eating Kit Kat bars, and that is a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. I love you guys. Some of you might love me. 
but you alone cannot save me from the juggernaut of what this is, which is a disease which is fatal, progressive, and absolutely immutable by anything that is of this earth. I must have a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps because food is not the problem. It is the solution to the problem. And as such, the problem is the buildup of everyday normal human emotion, and that will not reduce by anything that is of this earth. And if I don't get this through my head, I am not going to recover, period. Mic drop. Thank you for letting me share, Monica, and thanks for your service. Bye. Yes. Thank you, Harlan G. Rita K., you're up, and then it'll be Roanne M. Thank you so much, Monica. Thanks for your service. My name is Rita K. I'm recovered in Kansas and um, rainy day today. You know, this this reading here is, you know, is encouraging, and it can sometimes for some people look like a brick wall. You, you know, terms like 100% hopeless and apart from divine help. Uh, I heard the speaker yesterday morning say the same thing that I that I often reiterate is that relapse is a step one issue. You know, there are issues with admitting powerlessness, and I'm I'm speaking for myself. You know, just looking at that, at the whole thing of of at, apart from divine help. You know, and so what I do is go back and think, well, I'm not powerless over this, and I don't need to turn my will and my life over, and I don't need to come to believe. So looking at the first three, at the very beginning of these steps, you know, and so I don't care where we are in the process or where we think we are in the process, and some of us are so hung up on numbers of days. It doesn't matter. You know, if we're going back to the food, you know, it's back to Step one, you know, am I admitting powerlessness? And that's what this is talking about, apart from divine help, because the first three steps that are they point us to the divine help that this is talking about. And you know, when the the thing that sounds hopeless sometimes to me is is uh, neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. You know, and that's not hopeless because that points me to page ninety eight that says burn the idea into the consciousness of every person that she can get well regardless of anyone but the only condition is that we trust god and clean house and so constantly constantly these 164 pages are pointing us back to the divine help that uh wherein our our answer lies and with that i pass thanks for letting me share Thank you, Rita K. Roanne M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Melissa C. Good morning, Monica. This is Roanne M. calling from New York. And I just love more about alcoholism. You know, what we have to believe that we are bodily and mentally different from our fellows. I cannot enjoy and control my eating. If I'm controlling it, I'm not enjoying it. And if I'm enjoying it, I'm definitely not controlling it. And I have to believe that I am hopeless. I have to get to that place of hopelessness, which like what Seth said, it is step one. And I am hopeless. And I have to have higher power or what I call God come into my life and replace what I used to use food for 
with what now I'm using God. I'm using God to fill that emptiness. And what I used to use food to have that, that effect that Dr. Silkworth talks about, the sense of ease and comfort. I need God to give me that sense of ease and comfort. And if I'm not using God, then I'm going to be looking for the food. And it says, um, once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink. I will always wake up every single morning in my disease. And that is why every single morning I need to take actions to get to a place of serenity and being connected to my higher power. Because I will never wake up a normal eater. That is just not the case. I will never have a defense against the first drink if I am not connected to my higher power. Me and no other human being can provide that for me. I must have God. I am bodily and mentally different. I have used countless vain attempts to prove that I could eat like other people and it's never worked. The only thing that will work for me is surrendering. And what does surrendering look like for me? Surrendering looks like me taking actions every single day. Because surrendering is not just me saying, okay, I surrender. That doesn't mean anything. Because they, as it says in the big book, faith without works is dead. Which means I can't just say I have faith. I have to show action that I have faith, and that's all the actions I just taught. Like faith is prayer and meditation, surrendering to a food plan that gets rid of all of my alcoholic foods, doing service, listening to meetings. All of those things are me having faith that, and showing, acting as if that my way before didn't work, and this new way of living. And it is living. And before I was not living, this new way of living Time. is far better than the way I was before. And thank you so much for letting me share with that. I passed. Thank you, Roanne M. Melissa C., you're up, and then it'll be Chrissy G. Hi. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, so my mental capabilities, my ability to think is not effective for keeping myself safe. I don't have the required power. I'm not I'm not confident in this area. You know, and um so I can't defend myself because um it's like I turn the gun on myself. I actually hurt myself. Um and this is so opposite of everything. You know, I um I would always think that I could, that I could think, that I could use my abilities, my mental abilities to help myself. And, you know, the the first um, paragraph when they're talking about, um, you know, like, I wouldn't want to take you if I, if I, if I could have refused taking, you know, your case on, I would have. And, you know, I've been in that situation. I, you know, like going into Weight Watchers meetings and and seeing the lecturer almost cringe and having to look at me again because here I was again not listening to her wonderful advice and it was wonderful advice I was heartbreaking you know and I 
I've had that experience at the gym when I had a personal trainer. And I, I could see they like Ugh, they didn't want to deal with me anymore. I was I was an annoyance. I was heartbreaking and that that's a really uncomfortable position to be in when you want this so much. Um but I was an epic failure. I could not do this because I can't do this, you know, and I I had a conversation with my sister over the weekend, um, and she believed she might be one of us and um you know, she had recently had surgery, and she ate. You know, she picked up the food after her surgery, and she said to me, yeah, I really, I, you know, I I just couldn't give myself permission for, for relaxing and taking it easy. So um, she said, but I'm okay now, you know, because I told myself it's okay to rest. It's okay, and I don't need the food. And, and I listened, and, and then I, I kind of had to tell her, um, that would not work for me. Like that, telling myself a new message that it's okay to rest, that's, that's a mental, that's trying to use my ability to think. I need the steps. I need a power greater than myself to get me out of me. This, you know, it's, there's no chapter called into thinking. I'm not going to think my way out of this. Um, I cannot rely on myself. I can't rely. I, as much as I love you all, I can't rely on you either. I, I can utilize you to help me get to the power that I can rely on. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Chrissy G., it's your turn, and then it'll be Tenson P. Hey, it's Chrissy G. Can I be heard? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm recovered in New Jersey, and I was thinking as I was listening to the first share this morning, it was really touched me. I was thinking about the fact that I would be absolutely, I would be absolutely hopelessly lost without this program, and how I, how I hit bottom so long ago, and and what that bottom was like, that that feeling of just like finally letting go of the chokehold on life and just relaxing into the into the rooms and into the support that I got from the people who were further along in the program recovered and and I felt so so good it it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't an all of a negative feeling. You know, it felt like finally looking at the truth and the truth was that no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't figure this thing out on my own and I needed a higher power. And at first the higher power was the rooms for me. It was um, people who were able to stay abstinent from their substances for any amount of time happily when I saw them they inspired me and I knew that it was possible for me to to have that kind of recovery and that was a higher power to me because I knew that I could never do it on my own but they were telling me that they couldn't do it on their own either but that they accessed a power greater than themselves in these rooms and these steps and and they were they're able to do it now and they've been changed amazing so amazing and it it doesn't change this is this is constant you know that was my first introduction was 
25 years ago and it still hasn't changed and I can, I can still surrender any of my character defects on a daily basis and trust God to help me with them. And now I call my higher power God and I'm so grateful to have found these rooms and with that I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G. Tenson P. You're up and then it'll be Sandy S. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Tenton P. calling from New York. Um, it's beautiful to read this little powerful end of the chapter more on alcoholism. And um, I was just thinking this morning, listening to the wonderful shares, that this is my second time with the visions going through the big book. And each time I'm seeing more, and may that continue each time I go through the big book. Um, I experienced yesterday, uh, I was out with my mother and uh, relatives uh, at a meal in the afternoon, and I experienced, I would say, the beginnings of what is promised to us about the, um, the sense of neutrality around the food. There was a lot of food being eaten at the table and drunk at the table that is not part of my food plan, including that I was feeding some of it to my mother. And um, it, what I didn't really have to fight at all. It was just very clear um, what, what was not mine, but I was glad to give it to my mother and glad that everyone else was enjoying what they were enjoying. Um, and I'm glad, and the, the, in the first sentence that we read today, many doctors and psychiatrists agree with our conclusions. I'm glad that I am now agreeing with uh, the conclusions that are in the big book. You know, I've been working very hard in the past uh, year and some months. Uh, um, you know, the the layers of of denial or whatever, you know, fall, uh, fall away, fall away at whatever rate they fall away, and I'm just grateful that I can see from my behavior and my attitudes that the agreement is happening at a deep deeper, deeper level. The last thing is, oh, well, it says once more at the beginning of the final paragraph. And the repetition, such an important part of what is uh, done in the big book over and over, but in different ways, both the principles abstractly and then as stories. And um, I, I thrive um, and am nourished by all the different ways that um, we are uh, reminded over and over of the conclusion of the big book. So with that, I will pass. Wishing you all a beautiful day. Thank you, Tenson P. Sandy S., it's your turn. Hi, this is Sandy S. from Asheville, North Carolina. I definitely had the gift of being 100% hopeless. I knew that before I was in OA. I remember, you know, I always knew that food was not the solution, was the solution rather. That was my solution. Food was not the problem. I've always known my whole life that food was not the problem. I know for me what the problem is, this incredible fear, this emotional overreactivity, which I am totally 100% hopeless, powerless over, before I joined OA, I remember praying, if there's a God, please, please 
All I want is inner peace. That's all I want. And the food did provide that. The food provided the inner peace. I was definitely very heartbreaking. Even when I came to OA, I was so skinny and so into my own pain. It was really, it was heart-wrenching for people. But it was really, I mean, because I'm into drama. I mean, that's my thing. And I hate it. I hate that I have this personality, but I finally am beginning to accept it. Finally. Because that acceptance is coming from a higher power. That ability to let go of the self-hate and accept who I am, an extremely emotionally intense person that would love to be a peaceful one, but I accept it. I have no other choice. And I will say that this vision group has been incredible for me. I've shared many times I've been abstinent, total abstinence, 42 years. I have done my best before vision to have some kind of connection with a higher power. I knew I needed it. And I could say today, I don't have the connection I want, but it's definitely much, I'm moving in that direction. That's what I have to say. I'm moving in that direction and I'm able to really place other people's well-being alongside of my own. I don't place it ahead of my own. I just know that unless my house is cleaned and my brain is in order, I am in no use to anyone. And finally, at the age of 70, I'm becoming of some use. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy S. And for those who may have come in a little bit later, we are on page 43, more about alcoholism. We are commenting on the last two paragraphs, many doctors and psychiatrists, ending with his defense must come from a higher power. And who else would like to share this morning? Larry, Larry K. Larry, got you, Larry. That's the only voice I heard. There was somebody else. Lisa B. Lisa. Vasa O. Vasa. Carmela G. Carmela. Anybody else? I heard Larry, Lisa, Vasa, and Camilla. Was there anybody else that spoke up? Okay, we'll go with that. Larry, you're up, and then it'll be Lisa. Okay, thanks so much, Monica. Larry K. recovered. Um, you know, I cannot think my way out of the clutches of this disease. I, I can't outsmart it, and it sucks. I, I can't outrun it. And trying to do so is, is an exercise in futility. And trying to think my way out of this is actually the opposite of surrender. And yet that's what I do. I try to think. And within the context of this spiritual transformation we're reading about, you know, Dr. Jung, um, he drew a distinction that was helpful to me. He drew a distinction between the ego and the self, between the I and the me. The me, he said, is the center of of our selfish preoccupations and all human beings have that while the I is the control of the thinking. And what I, what I think has been helpful to me is through the implementation of these steps, perhaps, you know, the model that I see this is perhaps we allow God to filter into our subconscious thinking. In other words, we become unblocked because the subliminal door becomes unlocked. You know, that subliminal filter, 
in all human beings was maybe it was locked by the very character flaws that propped up my ego. And by way of analogy, you know, the steps for me, it's, have you ever seen someone that, that receives treatment for kidney stones? And one of the most common treatment for kidney stones is where they use these kind of shock waves that are, are targeted at a kidney stone and it causes the stone to fragment and to break up. The stones are broken up into tiny little pieces. And then the, the, the normal process of things begin to flow properly and the, because the body can't function properly with large kidney stones blocking these normal processes, right? We're not going to live long. And in the, same respect, in, in the same respect, perhaps our character flaws are like those stones and they need to, they're, they're blocking the flow and they need to be broken up into manageable pieces. Maybe removed, maybe not, but they're broken up and eventually we're, we're restored to a sane life. And that happens by way of the implementation of the steps, at least for me, which brought me into alignment with God. The, the, the character flaws, I don't know what was removed completely. I know that they were broken up. I know some were removed. And when we're brought into alignment with this God of our own understanding, this higher power, you know, then life flows organically, more comfortably, you know, not perfectly. If you're expecting perfection, it's not coming. It's not coming. You're never going to rise above the level of human being and the God job, it's taken. So you need not apply. But I'm grateful for this, the implementation of these steps because it, it, it changes lives, changes lives. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Lisa B., it's your turn, and then it'll be Vasa O. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And thank you, Monica, for your service. What I get in this reading is the word hopeless. Um, there's a lot of hopelessness there. And hopeless means feeling or causing despair about something, um, having no expectation of good or success. And I know in reading the chapter, Working with Others, that my role as a recovered fellow, a recovered member of Overeaters Anonymous, is to disturb um, a prospect, an individual that comes to me and wants to possibly work with me. I know for me, when I came here, I was so asleep. I didn't know I was so asleep. I thought, you guys must really have this, now what I know is a fatal malady. You must have it really bad, and that's why you have to work so hard. But I'm just really not that bad. And when I would hear people share their drunkologues, you know, their stories of where food took them, I hadn't been to those places yet, you know, yet. I know now that those are waiting for me. But I also know that this disease is a disease that I have to diagnose myself through um, this tool. And also I know that in this program there's so many fingers pointing one way. There's the finger of the big book. There's the finger of the fellowship. There's the finger of the 12 steps. Where are they pointing? They're all pointing towards having a spiritual awakening. And I know that today, me as an addict, that it's easy for me to worship those fingers. But really, I have to stop looking at the fingers and really experience where they're pointing, which is that relationship with my higher power. And today, as a recovered compulsive overeater, I can fall into a routine where I just want you to do it for me. I just want you to make me feel better. I want the meeting to make me feel better. I go to the meetings and I experience relief. Today, I know the goal is to experience freedom. And that is through doing all the 12 steps all the while. Guess what? Entirely abstinent. 
And having a recovered guide with me, walking side by side, really helped me. She held the flashlight, but today, as a recovered guide, they hold the flashlight so many times for me with new awarenesses in this book. So that's what I wanted to share. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Vasa O, it's your turn, and then it'll be Carmela G. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Monica, thank you for your service. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida. And um, before coming to Overeaters Anonymous, I fought this food for so long, so many years. Um, I, you know, I was more than 100% ready and willing to surrender to uh, a power greater, higher power greater than myself. Whatever they told me, all the 12 steps, all the, all the meetings and the tools and whatever, because I knew by that time, whatever I did, it's not like I didn't do it. Believe me, I tried everything that, that I heard of, and there was nothing more left that I could do, and I just gave in into the food, you know, into the food addiction. And I thank God that somebody, that God put a, a messenger in my life uh, that uh, um, told me, you know, what to, she told me what she was doing and what, that that worked for her. And by then, by that time, I was just so ready and I was just so willing. And I, I, I was ready to admit, yeah, I am powerless. I can't do this any longer. I am exhausted and it's just going to kill me if I don't surrender. And I didn't know who I was surrendering. I'll just, I said, I will surrender to anything or anybody as long as I don't doing what I'm doing. It's going to kill me. And it was killing me. And as I said, I was ready to surrender to a higher power. And, uh, and uh, I, on my knees, on my knees, I was so desperate. I had the gift of desperation. I didn't want to die. I had a lot more. I I had, I had a child. He was only three years old, and I had two older kids. And I said, you know, if I don't do this, these kids are not going to have a mother. You know, I didn't care about my husband. You know, at that time, I just wanted to live for the kids. But anyways, and I'm just so so grateful. And now it's 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 put the food down, clean house, and do service. That's my mission today. Thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Vasa O. Carmela G., it's your turn. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. This is Carmela G. from New York. This paragraph reminds me of when I first came into program, and um, even prior to coming into program, when I was on my various diet plans and various spas that I was going to, I absolutely refused to say that I was powerless. My ego kept getting in the way. I had to be in charge of my destiny. I could handle it. And then the magnificent part of program is they say you have to work step one perfectly. And I think step one took me the longest step to get to admit that I was powerless because the reality is I no longer tell God how to behave. I no longer am God's boss. I am no longer anyone's boss. 
My role is to just stay connected to a power greater than Carmela, a power that loves me perfectly, that energizes me, and be the best person that that power would want me to be. My power is called God, and every day I must stay connected. Now, that doesn't mean, in the last sentence, um, talking about uh, his defense must come from a higher power, doesn't mean I don't do the work. I must work every single day, but work towards being the best person that this power wants me to be. And that provides me with peace and serenity. And it's such a relief to know that I don't have to run the world. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Thank you, Carmela G. And we've got time for probably three shares. Who would like to share? Barbara E. Barbara? Hi, this Maggie is Ramona A. A. I'd like to share. Something A. Ramona Maggie. A. Ramona A. And I heard one more lady. Maggie A. Maggie A. All right. Okay. Barbara E., Ramona A., Maggie A. You got it, Barbara. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for allowing me to be uh, on this meeting today. I listened to the special edition yesterday. Wonderful, wonderful. If you haven't, I strongly suggest you do. And I heard about the two toolkits, self-reliance and God-reliance. I was so reliant on tangible things. For me, it was all about getting thin. I relied on Weight Watchers, Diet Center, all the different programs. I relied on the room. I relied on my sponsor. I relied on the tools. The only thing I did not rely on was a higher power. I didn't think I needed it. I was egocentric to the extreme. And I always lost the weight, but I always gained it back again, over and over. When I was in my head, I was behind enemy lines. A sick mind can't cure a sick mind. I thought if I was thin, I was well. I was that man banging his head against the table. I was that man thinking after a year of sobriety, I could go out and eat like a normal person. No, I can't. I was that person who walked out into traffic for the thrill of seeing if I could get away with it. I was sick and tired, so I had to believe in my heart of hearts that there was something out there that did not have human skin. My sponsors were angels from God, with human skin, but they were human and they, like me, imperfect. I am willing to accept I've crossed that bridge of reason. It didn't come to me in step three. It came to me in step nine, but I was willing to believe that it could come to me. And if you're a newcomer out there, it can work for you. If it worked for me, hopeless beyond measure, it can work for anyone. God bless. I pass. 
Thank you, Barbara E. Ramona A., it's your turn, and then I'll be Maggie A. Ramona, star one to unmute. We can't hear you. Hi, this is Ramona. Can you hear me now, Monica? Sure can. Gotcha. Okay, thank you. Um, say, I'm in Vermont. I'm a recovered compulsive eater and very grateful for this meeting. Thank you all for your service. So, I want to thank everyone who shared this morning. I could say ditto to all of it, and I cannot even remember it, but I'm not sure what I wanted to say except that I was hopeless and I didn't want to let go and be hopeless before I came into OA because what would I have been? I was afraid I would die. You know, I would just keep going deeper and deeper into the insanity and, and the weight and whatever, and um, I would just disappear. Um, but when I did come in, I, I did get... I did get the help right away. I got abstinent, and then after many years, I gave it away. And when I came back, struggled with it, struggled with it until I got a new abstinence, and then later got this meeting, and I'm learning more and more deeply what it means to let let um, go and let God, let God be the person, the entity on whom I rely and in everything, not just in the food, but in everything and that is hard for me because I've always been a very task-oriented person and always you know, said I can take care of myself, I can do this I can do that, whatever and I can't, I I could not really, I, I was deceiving myself, I could not control everything and everyone and uh, so I'm learning, I'm letting go more and more. And every time I listen to this meeting and listen to all of you, I understand that more deeply, and it means something more deeply. So thank you all. Thank you all for sharing and for allowing me to share this morning. Bye. I pass. Thank you, Ramona A. Maggie A., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Maggie A. Am I being heard? Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for your service, and thank you for all the wonderful shares. Um, at certain times, I have no mental defense against the first bite. I cannot think myself out of this problem, this issue, this illness. I, no more than my diabetic niece can think herself out of her diabetes. She's got to take the proper treatment and medication, and so do I. And once the food is down and the neutrality comes, there's still a chronic condition there, and that is me trying to run my life and everybody else's. And I have no defense against that. I have no defense against my dear, dear friend who is alcoholic and who is drinking again. I have no defense against the fear that comes when my daughter does whatever, you know, that I think she shouldn't be doing or or her life isn't going the way that I think it should be going. I have no defense against the fear that comes up and no defense against the wanting to control other than giving myself over to a power greater than myself and allowing that power to be 
what it is. You know, I am not it. There is a power greater than me, and it's not me. I am not it. So I give myself over to that. No amount of my thinking um, can get anybody else straight and can get me straight. My condition is chronic, which means it's recurring and it's long-lasting. So every day, as, been sh- as was shared on this line earlier, I, ha- I wake up, I'm untreated, and I've got to get the treatment. And thank God for the program. Thank God for sponsees. Because if I weren't sponsoring, I think I could slip very easily back into trying to run the world and being so afraid because I can't do it. It doesn't work my way. So thank God for sponsees. Thank God for this program. Thank God for this call, this 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 uh, phone meeting, and from for my sponsor and for all of you who share so beautifully about your journeys. Um, and together we can because we have a power greater than ourselves that can take us through what we need to go through. So with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Maggie A. And got time for one short. Who'd like it? Somebody like the last couple minutes? Okay, well, I'm Monica T. and I'll take it. I'm a Recovered compulsive overeater, and I better set the timer for myself here. All right. We've been in the chapter. We're finishing up the chapter more about alcoholism. And this whole chapter has been about my crazy mind, my inability to think straight, and all the crazy things and crazy ways my mind tells me it's okay today to do this, to pick up again. It'll be okay, Monica. You've been so good for so long. Well, you can just restart tomorrow. It'll be it'll be different tomorrow. Oh, well, you've been absent for so long. You can handle just one. It's not going to bother you anymore. You know, crazy lies. And what's my issue? I believe these lies. My mind doesn't think straight, and I believe the lies that it tells me. And I also have another problem with my mind is I don't remember the consequences or the resolutions that I have made. I am 100% screwed here with this crazy thinking of mine. Now, as the big book says, we can be perfectly fine in every other area of our life. And I thought that. But in this area, I absolutely was powerless. I can't think my way out of this paper bag. I have the paper bag. (laughs) And so this is the solution. His defense must come from a higher power. You know, that's the solution. That's the answer. And it wasn't from my self-knowledge. And I had a lot of knowledge about this stuff. Didn't work. Not my inner strength. I'm a strong person. And I'm sure lots of you out there are very strong people in many ways. That didn't work either. Not all the determination in the world. And I was really determined. I worked hard at this stuff, trying to control this weight, trying to lose the weight. I was very, very determined. I sure didn't like being fat and obese. made me miserable. But that didn't work either. I tried all my willpower. And that didn't work either. And you know what? No one else could help me with this. No other human power could help me with this either. It had to come from a higher power. And how did that happen? By working the steps, cleaning my house, 
getting a relationship with God, and he removes the crazy thinking. And with that, I pass. And I want to thank you all for being here this morning and everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now read, we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. But first, I want to give you the share ID for today, Monday, March 26, and the share ID for today is 11,212. One one two one two, and now I will ask Craig F. if he will read for us, please, from page one sixty four. Good morning. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. May I be heard? Yes. Great. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.